You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Welcome to today's episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with an incredible guest today. Today's episode's guest is the founder and creative director of New York's emerging and award-winning swimwear, clothing, and activewear brand, Nick Hill Clothing. Nick has taken her experience, love of fashion, Jamaican roots, and Florida upbringing to create a brand inspired by her love of quality fashion as well as vacation-inspired lifestyle. She's also aiming to improve the relationship that women have with themselves, as well as the relationship we all have with the planet. Welcome to the show, Nick. It's great to have you here. Hi, Noah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, do you want to just take a second and and tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, thank you. Um, My name's Nick, as Noah mentioned. I'm a fashion designer, a brand owner, a course creator, and as of a couple of weeks ago, a professional speaker. Uh, So I'm really excited with everything that's going on, and I'm just excited to be here. Thank you. Well, fantastic. So what what was the occasion for being a couple weeks ago to be a speaker? Uh, You know, I I always create goals for myself, and I usually accomplish them just out of kind of fear, I guess, of just not living to my fullest potential. And I try to watch people who are from a distance living their their life unapologetically and doing the things that they set out to do. And one day I just randomly woke up like I do so many days and I'm just like, figure it out, you know, like do the things that you need to do to to finally accomplish what you said you wanted to do. And for me, with I notice that I always have these goals that are kind of weird industries or things to get into. And once you get into it, it's like, oh, that was so easy. But figuring out how to like get through the gate and get through the door is always, I think, the hardest part. And it just like happened randomly that I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw something in one of the groups that I'm in and someone said something that spoke to me and she happened to be a speaking coach. And I joined her Facebook group. And from there, I ended up joining her as a coach. And a week after I joined her as a speaking coach, I booked my first paid speaking engagement. So it was just kind of knowing what I wanted, but then also being in environments that are conducive to helping me get what I want. Uh, So that's why that was like the last week of December that I booked that, that speaking gig. So it was uh, really exciting and probably the best Christmas gift that I got this year was just being able to like finally check the one thing off the list. And now that I have officially booked this, this engagement, I, my goal for the 2022 is to have four to six paid speaking engagements for the year. So I'm really excited about that. And that's why it's as of lately, it's like yeah. a, no, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can, that's just that's just one speaking gig a quarter. You can do it. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And now that I know how to, 
it's it's easier to replicate the same formula and get the same outcome. Yeah. Well, I I also love this uh, thing that you were mentioning about watching from a distance versus being the one who's unapologetically chasing after your goals. And, it, it, you know, just from, you know, this, the, the stuff on your bio, the conversations we're having, it appears that you are actually doing quite a few things unapologetically. Do you want to share a story of, of a time that you did reach for your dreams and, and set yourself up to success and maybe achieve something that you thought was impossible? Yes. I love that. Um, I think the most relatable will probably be at the beginning of this journey of mine. I graduated from design school and worked like in the mall for a few, probably a year after I graduated from design school. And I had been applying for jobs in New York City and in Los Angeles for working at fashion companies and just know for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, almost like literally everything was just no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And finally, someone said yes, but in order to take advantage of it, I would, they wanted me to start in a week. And I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. And I, I lied on my resume, of course, and told them that I was living in New York City. Um, so to finagle a little bit more time, I just said, well, you know, I, I'd like to give my employer two weeks notice just to be respectful. And they were like, fine, whatever, two weeks is good. See you in two weeks. And I had two weeks to figure out how I was moving from Atlanta, Georgia to New York City. And this was like back in 2008, 2009, where the economy was awful. Uh, I had been unemployed like so many people for a long time before I got that job in the mall. So I had like negative savings. I had no cash. I managed to, to scrounge up like $300 and I literally moved to New York City with $300 and five suitcases. And it was the undertaking of the century, it felt like. I had to enlist the help of every friend that I knew. Everybody had a different thing to help me with on this journey. Uh, some people were helping me move some furniture to my parents' house. Some people were selling the furniture that I couldn't take with me. Uh, we got one of those like U-Haul hitches and hooked it to the back of my friend's SUV. And whatever fit in there is what we took to my parents' house. And whatever didn't fit, we kept in the, my apartment and my neighbors sold it. My friend gave me her dad's FedEx account number to FedEx my five suitcases to New York City. <laughs> Another friend um, got her boyfriend's brother to rent me his basement apartment for like $600 a month. And it was literally a community of people that enlisted whatever they could to help me fulfill my dream. And that was how I got here. But I knew if I didn't take that opportunity, because I had been hearing no for a year and a half straight, I knew that if I didn't take that job, I might not ever get the opportunity again. Like that was it. And I think that for me, that's one of my biggest defining moments is just taking the risk and taking the chance and being courageous enough and brave enough, even though I was terrified to, to move to New York with $300, like who does that? Um, but I did it and I've been here for 11 years and, um, I'm, I love that story. Oh, congrats on taking the plunge. It's so exciting. Thank and, you, you know, I, what I really struck me on this was the ability for you to humble yourself enough to ask 
for other for help from other people and the amount of resources that just appeared to enable you to achieve your you know this 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 impossible task like you know looking at it on your own if you were to just take that $300 and try to make it work wouldn't have panned out but because no. you're able to enlist all the help from everyone else it was it, it happened and here you are yeah it really is and i think that's an important lesson for just you know pursuing goals or whatever your your dreams are we don't live in silos and very rarely in life do we does anybody ever do anything on their own 100% usually in some way shape or form there's assistance from somewhere whether it be you know something like nepotism or just the universe give, giving good energy to you because you give good energy to the universe or friends helping you because you've helped them i find that people who are successful they ask they there is no ego with accomplishing what it is that they want they what is the saying a closed mouth doesn't get fed so mm-hmm. you you whatever the thing is you have to ask for help whether it's i don't know how to do something i don't know what this means i'm trying to do this i noticed that you did it before please could you help me i'm i'm in a lot of groups on facebook and in linkedin and and i like to learn from people who are ahead of me and have done this before. And one of the things that I learned is that asking for help is never a problem. And I think people are always afraid to ask for help because they're afraid that they'll get a no, or they're afraid that they're going to be bothering someone, or it's going to be an inconvenience. But if you can ask for help, while offering help and creating an exchange, a lot of times that's very different. Um, In one of the groups they mentioned to do, you give twice and ask once. So if I were to help you with something, if I knew that I wanted something from you and I was asking for help, I would help you in two ways and then ask you to help me in return. And it's kind of just the exchange, if you will, like a barter system almost. And you find that people are a lot more willing to help if you're also willing to contribute as well. And it feels different. Like if you ever had someone where all they do is ask, 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 but they never contribute, that feels a lot different than if they ask you for help, but then they're like, is there anything I can help you with too? And that that's always like, well, huh, wait a second. Maybe you can help me. Maybe we can help each other. And I think that, as an entrepreneur and moving within the entrepreneurial space, I notice that a lot where people are collaborating and helping each other and helping each other grow. And I think that that's like the beginning stages of real success and how you get there. Mm, yeah, beautiful, beautifully said. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, your just your industry and and maybe what you think is something that's really exciting for the future of your industry or maybe your craft, um, and then just talk about why that's special for you. I'm really excited that fashion is finally starting to pay attention to how products are made within the supply chain. I think that 2020 and COVID in general really shed a lot of light on some of the inefficiencies within fashion and how globally wasteful the fashion industry can be. And I'm excited for that to gain more momentum and for brands to be more accountable for the way that they produce their products. 
uh, for brands to share more education and knowledge with consumers so that consumers can understand more what bringing a product into a store, what goes into that? Because it's not just, you know, one person who makes something and then all of a sudden it's on a shelf. There's hundreds of people and sometimes thousands of people that are involved with getting the shirt that we're wearing or the clothes that we wear into stores. So I'm really excited for that to become commonplace and to become more responsible garment manufacturing and more responsible brand ownership. I'm also really excited for the consumers to be able to understand what that is a bit more so that we can have a truly holistic approach to the environment and really just improving the planet that we're on. And for anyone that's listening, that's important because behind the oil industry, fashion is like the second largest carbon emitting industry globally, just based on moving our products, creating our products, uh, creating the some of the man-made fibers and, and, and materials that we use to make the clothes that we wear. And it's something like, this is an old statistic from like, I think 2016 or 2017, but it was like a 10% carbon emission rate, um, which is pretty high. And when you think about the amount that is wasted to create clothes, and then how quickly we as consumers are willing to disregard the clothes that we buy. It's this really vicious cycle of waste. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited for us to really work on that better as global citizens. Very, very interesting. So let's let's shift gears and talk a little bit about some practical tips for people to live a little bit more courageously, chase their dreams, or just maintain happiness. What, what have you got on your sleeve? For me, I think that a lot of this is going to come down to the mindset of the person to start with. So if you've got some doubt in yourself or uh, what is an imposter syndrome or feelings of inadequacy, definitely work on, on those things first. And maybe you start off with smaller goals that are able to be accomplished just to kind of boost your ego up a bit. And as you start, you know, doing some of those ego boosting exercises, it'll give you confidence to go after some of those larger dreams. So maybe it's, if if you have a lot of work to do, it could be a, a daily goal. Maybe your goal for today will be to work out or to finish everything on your to-do list for today, or to not go on social media until six o'clock in the evening, whatever the goal is that you create for yourself. But by doing the goal and accomplishing the goal on a small level, it really just boosts our self-esteem for ourselves, and will give us the confidence to start chasing that larger dream. The more goals you accomplish and the more that you kind of like hype yourself up with what you've accomplished, the more confident you'll feel to kind of go after that bigger dream of becoming the CEO of XYZ company or starting that podcast or starting that business or writing that business plan. But take it step by step and start small. Rome was not built in a day. No one that has any measure of success got it overnight. And I think the biggest thing is remember that story that I shared that I got told no for like a year and a half, you're going to get told no, don't take it personally. It's not necessarily that they hate what you're doing 
there's so many other factors that could go into why you didn't hear a yes that have zero to do with you, the quality of your work, what you're doing. Just try again with someone else. And if you're ever able to get feedback on why no was no, that's a really, I think, important thing to ask. What would make it be yes? Can you please, do you have a second to tell me what made you say no? You might be able to learn some insights so that you can improve your next attempt at doing the thing that you were doing. But just don't give up. Just keep trying and, and keep pursuing it. I always say to people that if you never give up, you have a 50% chance of succeeding, right? Like the choices would either be success or you die trying. And that, those are really good odds if you never give up. Um, so mm-hmm. just keep, keep trying and, and keep, take those, those, um, those failures, quote unquote, as learning opportunities to improve on what you've done. Yeah, that well said. And I love that. It, it, it's just the small steps that stack up and then your odds even get better the more, the more steps yeah. you take. So why not keep going? Not? Love it. Now you have, because that gives you a firm foundation, right? Like each of those little things leads to a, a solid foundation that you can actually build on. And, you know, bonus points, if those little tasks are setting you up for that larger goal, mm-hmm. usually the larger goal requires work that you'd never anticipated. So if you can make those little tasks lead to the larger goal, you're, you're in an even better position. Great. I think this is a, a really good segue into my, well, it's personally, it's, I think it's my favorite part of the show where I ask about the decision-making frameworks or processes that you, that you use to evaluate the decisions that you go through in life. And because we all have difficult choices to make in life, and sometimes we need a little help in terms of thinking outside of the box as far as whether this choice is going to be good for us or bad for us. Do you have something that you personally uh, enjoy to employ when you when you make decisions? And why does this hold meaning for you? For me, I like knowing as much information about the facts that I can know in that day or for that time period. So most decisions, you're you, we're at a disadvantage because... We're never going to know everything most of the time, right? Like we're, we're limited to what we have access to in terms of facts. I usually gather the facts that I'm able to gather and make my decisions based on what I know. I don't make, I try not to make my decisions based on emotion. I try not to base, make my decisions based on fear. I try to make the decisions based on just factual true or false information about that topic. And I make the decision. And once the decision is made, that's what it is. There's, I don't go back and second guess myself. I don't go back and hmm and ha as to whether or not I made the best decision. Because as we progress, we'll probably learn more information but we didn't have that information at the time that we made the decision. So all you can do is make the best decision that you can with the facts that you know, thinking about where you are and where you want to go. And with my interns, I always give this little analogy of going to grandma's house, right? Like if you were going to drive to your grandmother's house or your grandfather or a family member, whatever, there's a, a defined set of instructions 
that will get you to your grandmother's house. You'll pull out the driveway, you'll make a left, you'll go down the street, you'll stop at a stop sign. And what, regardless of if you walk or if you run, if you take an airplane, a helicopter, the mode of transportation will just kind of get you to your grandmother's house quickly or more slowly. But the end result should still be that you get to your grandmother's house. But if you make turns along the way that don't take you to your grandmother's house, then you're not reaching the goal that you wanted to reach, or you're not reaching the, the final destination that you wanted to go to. So I try to make decisions with that simple analogy in mind. Is this decision going to get me to where I want to go? If no, then it's not a good fit. And if yes, all right, it's a good fit, but how? what's the best way to navigate it? Do I move quickly with this decision? Do I move slowly with this decision? Do I wait a day and see if I can get more information for tomorrow to make a better decision? Um, but I think when we approach it a little bit more critically, and less emotionally, we'll start making better decisions or as best as we can for the situation that we're in to get us to where we want to go. I love that <laughs> navigation tool to get to, you know, the goal, the goal is always to go visit your grandparents. I love yeah, it. go visit grandma. <laughs> yeah. And I even say that. So like when they ask me, especially with interns, because they're learning, they'll say, well, should I do this or should I do that? And I'll say, well, what do you think? Is it going to get you to grandma's house? And right away, they'll say no. And I say, well, then it's not a good decision, right? Like if, if you already know that it's not getting you to your, to your goal, why are you entertaining it? Mm -hmm. The answer is yeah. always no. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, it's really, and that, that sheds light into the reason why it's important to know what your goal is in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Without that everything will get you wherever you're going because you're all over the map if you don't know where grandma lives, right? If you don't know yeah. where you're going, you're just you're everywhere. You're in Kansas, you're in Canada, you're in Miami, you're all yeah. over the place. <laughs> all right. So let as we're starting to work towards wrapping up, if you could sum up one of your most impactful life lessons, and this could also be advice you've heard from a friend that you've received along your journey, what would that be? Um most recently, the best piece of advice I got was just not to be afraid to invest financially in your business. There's, it was, I was actually consulting with an attorney and I was concerned about investing in something. And she just so simply said, why are you concerned about it? You're going to write it off on your taxes anyway. So because it's a business expense, why is there fear surrounding the idea of spending the money? And I said that to my husband and, and I remind myself of that too. And it has greatly changed our approach to the decisions that we make in our business. We're a little bit more, I guess, fearless, right? Because now it's, there's kind of that safety net, like you're right, it is a business expense. I, I can confidently make this decision and not be afraid that I'm not going to get a return on investment or it's going to be a, a waste of money because without investing in our businesses, they probably aren't going to grow. Mm. That's yeah. And especially if you've already done the homework and you've already put it through your, your, your grandmother's navigation queue, Yeah, you know, Hey, all right, this is going to get me where I want to go. So let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. Right. Right. Yeah. I, it, it was honestly one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten, um, all of 2021. That and the other great piece of advice I got was when trademarking your business, trademark it in your name 
and license it out to the business. Smart, smart. Cool. All right. Uh, with that said, how I, you know, really appreciate you being on the show. How do every, how does everyone support you? How do they stay in touch with you? Thank you so much. Um, my website, uh, www.nickhill.com. That's N I C H Y L.com is kind of like the hub of everything. Um, and then I'm always on Instagram at Nick Hill clothing. Um, you can kind of find me between the two. You can find my program through my website, nickhill.com. Um, you can kind of find everything through the website. So that's probably the best place to go. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story. Thank you so much, Noah. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode. Oh,